Welcome to Soccer 101. My name is Ryan Bailey and today I'm tackling the question that young Arsenal fans will be asking their parents in years to come. What is the Champions League? Just kidding, listener. Those young Arsenal fans will of course know that it's the competition their team used to play in. But to give it a more general definition, the Champions League is an annual soccer tournament organised by UEFA in order to crown the best domestic team in Europe. It runs concurrently with the European domestic season. It is organised in a round-robin group and knockout stage format. The teams are awarded entry by finishing at or near the top of their respective domestic leagues per UEFA coefficients. Before its 1992 rebrand as the Champions League, it was known as the European Cup, and you can still refer to it as the European Cup. It's taken place every year since Marty McFly went to the Enchantment Under the Sea school dance in 1955. It purports to be the most prestigious domestic tournament in the world, and it also purports to have the highest standard of soccer for any competition. The reigning champions are Bayern Munich, who defeated Paris Saint-Germain in the final in Lisbon, back in August. Now before we dig more into the specifics of the current tournament and its format, let's go back in time just like Marty McFly and take a look at its history and the history of pan-continental soccer in Europe. The first time two European teams from different countries ever met was all the way back in 1887 when FA Cup winners Aston Villa hosted Scottish Cup champions Hibernian in what was called the World Club Championship. And yes, that is a bit like Major League Baseball calling their championship the World Series when the whole world very much isn't invited. With a 3-0 win, Villa became the first ever, and I quote, World Club Champions. Essentially, that was the first ever Cup Winners' Cup, a UEFA tournament that formally started in 1960 and ran until 1999 when it was replaced by the UEFA Cup, which in turn was rebranded 10 years later as the Europa League, Europe's secondary domestic competition. The first real example of actual champions playing each other, not cup winners, and thus the earliest technical iteration of the purest form of the European Cup or Champions League, came in 1895. That's in the World Club Championship 2, when English champions Sunderland beat Scottish champions Hearts 5-3 in Edinburgh. Just four editions of this World Club Championship tournament ran between 1887 and 1902, all between English and Scottish sides, whose leagues were preeminent in Europe, although they very much weren't the only game in town. It's also important to note that these European games were predated by the first ever international match, which took place in 1872 between, you guessed it, England and Scotland. Another European competition also started around the turn of the 19th century on the European mainland when the Challenge Cup pitted teams in the Austro-Hungarian Empire against each other between 1897 and 1911. Pan-European harmony cooled with the arrival of World War I, but the Challenge Cup was eventually preceded in 1927 by the Metropa Cup, which played in the same region and expanded to include Italian sides right up until 1992. There were a few other precursors to the European Cup, including the one-off Coupe de Nations in 1930, which invited 10 continental teams to face one another as a counterpoint to the first ever World Cup, which took place in Uruguay in the same year. And after World War II, there was also the Latin Cup, which ran from 1949 to 1957 and featured top teams from France, Italy, Spain and Portugal. It took place in one host country over a few days, a bit like the World Cup. 
The Latin Cup tournament came as a measure of post-war togetherness and also as a reaction to the Campeonato Sudamericano de Campeones, the South American tournament that had started a year earlier in 1948 and which would become a forerunner to the Copa Libertadores. Alright, there's a lot of history there and we're just up to the point in the story where the European Cup was created in 1955. And here's a fun fact for you, it was actually founded, at least in part, because of Wolverhampton Wanderers. In 1953, Wolves played a series of European summer friendlies against the likes of Racing Club from Argentina and Spartak Moscow from the Soviet Union. They also faced high-flying Hunved of Hungary, who boasted much of the Hungarian national team. Wolves won this game against the Hungarians 3-2, prompting their manager Stan Cullis to declare his side champions of the world. Now at this point, Wolves weren't even the champions of England. They would win their first league title the following year in 1954. But this perceived English arrogance rankled French journalists Jacques Ferron and Gabriel Hanot so much that they promoted the idea of a proper club competition across Europe in their publication, the sports newspaper L'Equipe. The president of the Spanish Football Federation saw this and mentioned that it had the backing of his chum, Santiago Bernabeu, the president of Real Madrid. The idea gained momentum and UEFA, Europe's governing body, which had only been founded in 1954, not long beforehand, they ratified the idea and organised the first European Champions Club Cup for the 1955-56 season. 16 teams for the first edition were picked out by L'Equipe based on success and prestige, not because they were champions. That format would come a little later on. Chelsea and Aberdeen were selected, but they were barred from attending by their respective football associations. This is in line with the British suspicion for expanding outside its borders and an arrogance for the English game, which saw no British team compete in the first 20 years of the World Cup either. This first tournament was a two-legged knockout affair which saw Real Madrid prevail over Rem in the final at the Parc de Prance on June 26, 1956. Los Blancos, led by megastars including Frank Puskas and Alfredo Di Stefano, won the first five editions of the tournament consecutively before Benfica claimed it in 1961. As the decades rolled on and the competition grew, several titanic teams emerged. After Benfica's dominance came the Inter Milan legendary Grande Interside of the early 60s. In the late 60s, British teams emerged as Jock Steen's Celtic won in 67 and a Manchester United team led by George Best won in 68. Johan Cruyff and Ajax emerged in the early 70s, then Gerd Müller's Bayern Munich won three in a row. English dominance ran through the early 70s and 80s thanks to Nottingham Forest and Liverpool and Arrigo Sacchi's Milan preceded a Barcelona win at Wembley in the early 90s. A group stage phase was added to the tournament for the first time in 1991 and from the late 50s until 1997 only the champion of each qualified nation was invited. Hence in 1992 when the European Cup tournament was rebranded it was called the Champions League. The rebrand spurred expansion in 97-98 when two teams from each qualified country were allowed to compete and from 99 until 2003 a second group stage was added too because we all love that group stage action. The 1992 rebrand to the Champions League was a pretty big deal. It happened at the same time as the English First Division was rebranded to the Premier League and ushered in a new dawn of TV sponsorship, commercialism, megastar players and big money. 
Now, some joke that soccer was invented in 92, and they're not too far off. European soccer had an image problem through the 70s and the early 80s due to things like hooliganism, crumbling stadiums, and a general lack of glamour. The rebrand helped the sport become more of a mainstream, family-friendly product. Now, before we continue with this story, I've got something very exciting to tell you about. Believe me, you're going to want to hear this, dear listener. It's about a new app called Stereo. Stereo is a free live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators such as myself and the Total Soccer Show gang to host live shows. And you can interact with those live shows by recording a question and sending it directly to us during that live show. Why am I telling you about this? Well, we're going to be using Stereo to make some weekly live shows for Soccer 101 and we want you to join us and check it out. What you've got to do is download the free Stereo app on your phone or device and search for the Soccer 101 live show or find me on there, it's Ryan Bailey, one word, or Taylor Rockwell's on there too at Rockwell TSS so you can connect with us whenever we're live and we're going to be live very, very soon. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us and find that first live show on Stereo at the end of today's episode. All right, back to the Champions League and modern times. These days, 32 teams qualify for the Champions League and up to five can be from the same country. So how do teams qualify for the tournament proper, that final 32? Well, the number of teams who may enter from each European league is based on what's known as UEFA coefficients, based on previous European performance of that league and those teams. The higher an association's coefficient, the more teams represent the association in the Champions League, and the fewer qualification rounds the association's teams must compete in. Right now, Spain, England, Italy and Germany have the highest coefficients and they each get four automatic spots in the tournament. France and Russia are next, they get three and it goes on from there. Now teams who do not receive automatic qualification with a high finish in a top European league can claim a spot through the qualification rounds. This season, a total of 79 teams from UEFA's 55 member nations entered the competition with most of those coming in through qualifying. There are three rounds of qualifying which contain both a champion's path and a league path, with the former being exclusively for teams that won smaller leagues in Europe, like Rebel Salzburg in Austria, for example. A total of six of the 32 teams come into the tournament through this qualifying process, with the rest getting in automatically through domestic league placement. These 32 teams are then seeded into pots, separated by coefficient strength, and drawn into eight groups of four. And there's your group stage. In those groups, the four teams play each other home and away on either Tuesday or Wednesday evenings, and the top two of each group progress to the knockout round. The third place team in each group are sent into the Europa League, the aforementioned secondary European competition, while fourth place goes home empty-handed. Wah, wah. <laughs> the round of 16 and subsequent knockout rounds are two-legged home and away ties, and there's a single round final, which decides the team who get to lift all big ears for another season. That's another name for the big trophy, and incidentally, the same trophy design has been used since 1967. It says Coupe de Club Champion Europeans on it, sorry for the poor pronunciation there, that means the European Champion Clubs Cup, and it doesn't actually say Champions League on the trophy. Before 2009, every team who had won three in a row or a total of five were allowed to keep the trophy. After 2009, UEFA always keeps the real one, and the club just gets a replica. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and Ajax kept trophies for consecutive wins, while Milan and Liverpool both kept them for winning five times during that magical period. 
Real Madrid are the tournament's most successful team with 13 total wins. Milan are next with seven. Bayern Munich and Liverpool both have six. And Barcelona have claimed it five times. Atletico Madrid have been to three finals, but never taken the big prize home. So that's the Champions League. And the only question left to ask is, where does it go next? The answer is unclear, but reports in 2020 suggested further expansion is on the cards from the 24-25 season. Reports say it will increase to 36 teams, and those teams will all play an extra four group games for a total of 10 group games. With talks of European breakaway leagues never far away, UEFA has a difficult task on its hands keeping the big heritage teams happy while maintaining the integrity of the tournament. Big clubs want more paydays and less chance they'll fail to qualify for those big paydays. But right now, the Champions League is very much intact and Bayern Munich, they're probably going to win it again this year. That's almost it for today, my friends. But one more reminder about our upcoming live and interactive shows on Stereo. Stereo app users can sign up for free and engage with the platform to listen in, seek out topics and join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them. There's a wide range of conversation topics on Stereo. There's comedy, pop culture, lifestyle and, of course, soccer. Stereo can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users. Once users download the app, you'll be able to create an avatar and profile, and that's pretty cool. Users submit audio messages to the hosts of conversations to join the conversation in real time. And yes, as I mentioned, Soccer 101 will be having a live audience interactive episode on Stereo starting this week. On Thursday, this Thursday, January 28th at 5pm Eastern, we'll be talking about this episode of Soccer 101 about the Champions League and we'll be shooting the breeze with you fine, fine people and taking your questions live. So download the Stereo app, sign up for free and search for the Soccer 101 live show or find me at Ryan Bailey or Taylor Rockwell who'll be on the conversation with me. He's at Rockwell TSS, all one word. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you.